Welcome to River City 360 Views and News from Around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll be joined by Trisha Lynn Morgan, the Fund Development Manager at SMD Foundation, and Naomi Halder, who's a fundraising assistant and summer intern at the SMD Foundation. And they'll be telling us all about how the foundation works to improve the lives of Manitobans with disabilities and all about their upcoming Drop Zone event. Then we'll speak with Allison Stevens. She's a citizen reporter at Community News Commons, and she'll tell us all about her recent Folklorama experience. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will join us in studio to tell us all about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of CNC, the citizen journalism project of the Winnipeg Foundation. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to RC360, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning on a beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, Thank you for listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We have a great show for you, as we always try to uh, create. (laughs) Now, Robert, if you see people dangling from the side of a, one of the high-rise buildings downtown in a couple of weeks, I don't want you to be alarmed. It's actually for a good cause. That's right, and I'm wishing I had the opportunity to do it myself, actually. I think it'd be so cool to actually rappel down a tall building like that. You wouldn't be scared? I don't think so. No, I guess you're... Maybe, maybe a little bit? I yeah. don't know. We're going to learn all about that event coming up. Uh, The SMD Foundation has their annual drop zone event. Uh, So if you see someone dangling from the side of a building, it's actually for a good cause. Uh, But before we get to that interview, we're going to play you a little song. How about uh, Bop Till You Drop? How apropos. By the Nylons right here on River City 360. Get up, get down, get up, get down, 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 get down,
Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning, and we are now joined by two very special guests, Trisha Lynn Morgan, the Fund Development Manager at the SMD Foundation, and Naomi Halder, who's a fundraising assistant and a SIP intern who's uh, also working with the SMD Foundation. Naomi, Trisha Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. First of all, I'll start with you, Trisha Lynn. What kind of programs and services does SMD offer to Manitobans with disabilities? We offer a variety of crucial programs and services, including assistive technology, ethnocultural, children's leisure and rec programs, adult leisure and rec programs, deaf and hard of hearing services, and so much more. What are some of the statistics? Like how many people does SMD serve uh, approximately 47,000 children, youth, and adults in Manitoba currently with a disability. Oh, so that's that's one in six. Wow, that's mm-hmm. quite a yeah, that's quite a huge uh, section mm-hmm. of the population. Absolutely. What kind of role? Now you work with the SMD Foundation. What kind of role does the foundation play within the broader SMD family? We are the fundraising arm, and we are affiliated with Easter Seals Canada. So SMD Foundation, Easter Seals Manitoba. We are in charge of raising the funds, raising the awareness, uh, holding events to raise awareness and funds, and basically uh, provide the support to keep those uh, programs sustainable. Now, I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about the summer internship program. Naomi, you're currently an intern with SMD, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, And actually, you both have connections to the program, which I'll get to in a moment. But Naomi, uh, you've been at SMD for... I believe it's just over a week now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you've been working on with SMD? I've been calling different organizations and basically telling them about what we're doing and asking them um, if they would like to be involved with our programs. We're actually organizing a drop zone, which is coming up soon, August 17th. So we've been doing a lot of um, technical and doing things like that for that fundraising event. Excellent. How have, you, how have you been enjoying the experience so far? I've been really enjoying it. I, I'd say if I wasn't working with SMD, I don't think I would have grasped the importance of things like organizations and nonprofits here. Um, I think being a high school student and doing things like that, you kind of get consumed of what is high school and you don't get to get the opportunity to go out and discover what else is going on in Winnipeg. So I think this program has definitely allowed me to do that. Um, I've been seeing like how much help SMD provides and the kind of people and the amount of people that need help from SMD. So it's been great. Trisha Lynn, you've been a mentor a few times in the past with the summer internship program. Uh, What was your experience like and why did you choose to get involved as a mentor again this year? Well, this is my third time as a mentor with three different organizations in uh, Winnipeg. And Um, The first time I chose to get involved just because it was something new I didn't know about and I thought what an excellent opportunity for our youth and to broaden their horizons to teach them about the nonprofit sector. Uh, This time I got involved because A, being at a different nonprofit, I thought it was something that, I mean, I know I had a lot to learn about even working at SMD, so I thought what better way than to involve another student who's, you know, very eager and and green and, and very excited and Naomi isn't an excellent intern to work with. I mean, you would not know she's a high school student in the way she carries herself, the way she pr- uh, con- conducts an interview on the phone, anything. She's fabulous. We have a lot to learn from her, just as we have a lot to teach her. 
That's great. Mm -hmm. And SMD hosts a number of special fundraising events every year. Uh, We briefly talked about Drop Zone, which we'll get to a little bit more further on. But what are some of the other events that SMD kind of does throughout the year? Well, throughout the year, we have two signature events, one being the Drop Zone, the second being our Mystery Gala, which is in October, October 29th this year. Uh, Other events that we do, uh, we have on December 3rd, we have International Day of Persons with Disabilities, and we hold a cupcake drive. This year, uh, we're hoping to do something a little bit more exciting, but that's still in the works. Uh, We hold a number of events, including um, our paper egg program, which is usually around the Easter time. Uh, We hold our Safeway campaign, which we just had in the end of June. We're out at Canada Day for the family in the park, and we host the If I Am Lost tent. We do a lot of what we call do-it-yourself events in the community and with other organizations as well. So I've been helping out with this Value Village donation uh, drive that we've been doing. We've been collecting clothes and house supplies from the community and we've been partnering up with Value Village and they've been helping us out with, um, we would give them the clothes and they would help us out. They pay 15 cents per pound of what we collect so we're encouraging everyone to come out and do what they can drop off at our 825 Sherbrooke location and that'll be ongoing it's probably till the fall mm-hmm. okay. so and our goal is to reach a thousand dollars with that and it would go back into assistive technology program yeah. and we've been working towards getting new locations and new drop-off locations because our current drop-off location is SMD which is in Sherbrooke and the Valley Village which isn't very convenient for a lot of people so we've been looking to get a more lo- local community centers and churches around all of Winnipeg so to make it convenient for everybody to drop off their clothes. That's excellent. So let's talk about the Drop Zone event. I'm sure all of our listeners are familiar with it because you can't not know about it when you see people rappelling off the side <laughs> of a tall building. Um, it's the 12th year that it's happening and I understand it's, it was previously at the RBC building and now you guys have a new venue. Uh, yes, we're very excited. Uh, as you mentioned, for 11 years it was at the RBC building and we found out back in December that they were doing some alterations and construction to the building and adding lights, that sort of thing. So with that with those improvements we weren't allowed to uh, repel down and uh, I was pointing that out to Naomi this morning as we walked here. Um, So we did a few contacts of uh, property buildings downtown obviously looking for a tall building. I mean if we could get a taller building it would be great but we very we were very lucky to get the Manitoba Hydro building which is actually 52 feet higher and as a result I think this is the first year that we've actually sold out and we've hit over a hundred repel spots. Wow. Last year was our largest year coming close with 83 repel spots. So we're, we're very excited and now we're just kind of scrambling to work out the logistics to accommodate all 116. That's fantastic. Yeah. What is the distance of the drop and how long would it take for someone to go from the top and drop down? It is 252 feet and we're figuring about 10 to 12 minutes to come down depending on the, how the repeller is. If they're a little nervous it might take a little longer. If they're in a wheelchair you might want to add a few more minutes to that because it is a little more technical to get them over the side. Okay. So it depends on the repeller. If any of our listeners would like to participate or know someone who would be interested how does one get involved in the drop zone event well for this year they can come out and volunteer we are looking for volunteers uh all repel spots are full unfortunately but we already have a waiting list starting for 2017 and they can contact smdevents.ca and so if you want to learn more about the society for manitobans with disabilities or if you'd like to volunteer or get involved in any of their events you can visit their website online smd.mb.ca. Naomi Trishlin, thank you again so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. 
Coming up after the break, we will speak to Allison Stevens. She is a citizen reporter at Community News Commons, and she recently attended a few Folklorama pavilions that she'll tell you all about when we come back. But first, here's Dean Martin with Love Me, Love Me, right here on River City 360. magic night love me love me promise will never part you can make all my dreams come true if you love me as I I love you more than you ever could know. Daytimes I spend dreaming of you. Nighttimes I'm telling you so. Yours is the softness of spring to me. Yours is the beauty of fall. Heaven is mine when you cling to me You I adore over all Good morning and welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning, and we are now joined by Allison Stevens. She is a citizen journalist at Community News Commons. Allison, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hello. So, Allison, you've been writing for Community News Commons since, I believe it was since 2015. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience with CNC? How have you been enjoying it so far, and what got you involved in citizen journalism? I originally got involved because they were offering free workshops for multimedia training and free was very appealing to me and I have an interest in doing sort of film stuff and I also, you know, enjoy writing. So it was very appealing, but I didn't actually start writing for a while. So I attended several different sessions and I always kind of wanted to write, but uh, I think a lot of my own insecurities prevented me from writing. So I recently have actually started producing articles. The first article I, I wrote was the Swords and Sabres Festival. And uh, I didn't intend to write an article, but I went there and I was so inspired by the people that I met and the sites that I saw that I wanted to sort of capture it and share it. And so it's really positive in that way. And I, I like to cover fun events, things that I'm doing 
it's a creative outlet. I'm enjoying it a lot. And speaking of fun events, you've been out to Folklorama recently, which was the subject of your most recent article on Community News Commons. Tell us a little bit about the pavilion that you recently visited and wrote about. So uh, the first pavilion I went to was the Mexican pavilion, and I really can't speak highly enough about it. It's a really great professional pavilion. Uh, I find like there's a range of pavilions where some of them are more locally produced and some of them bring in like groups from other countries. And in this case, the Mexican pavilion has uh, a dance troupe and a mariachi band from Mexico. Uh, And it's just beautiful, like in stunning. It's um, a really great experience, like all around. Um, I also tried food, which was really good. And uh, I talked to some of the the cultural vendors and it was really interesting like I think actually one of my most memorable experiences was talking to a woman who's selling hot sauces that's the one thing I really like about writing articles is uh for CNC is that there isn't a set sort of you have to do this this or this like you can really decide where you want the article to go and the experiences that I have at the pavilions like generate the article so um I felt comfortable being able to talk to this woman about her restaurant business which is sort of loosely connected to the pavilion um because I thought it was really interesting and inspiring and so I was able to put that in the story what were some of the highlights you said that you also visited a couple of other pavilions what were some of the highlights from those ones as well well so it's so it's interesting so I'm writing going to be writing two articles Last night I visited the Punjab Pavilion as well as the Japanese Pavilion. One thing I really liked about the uh, Japanese Pavilion was in the cultural display, there was a guy that was talking about cloths and they are used as bags, like shopping bags. So they, the cloths actually like predate sort of the plastic shopping bags we use. So they're like the first environmentally friendly bags. Uh, and that was really interesting. But then now, like you was saying, um, now in Japan they're using more plastic bags. So it's sort of... A movement backwards, I think, in terms of environmental. The Punjab Pavilion had really great dancers, also local. Um, I I like that they're like you know youth that are really engaged in their in their own culture in their own community, and it's high energy and the music also makes me want to get up and dance. Like it's just a really positive energy there. But my absolute favorite part of the Punjab Pavilion was the cultural display. I was there with my sister and we sort of entered the display and the first volunteer we encountered ended up actually being the organizer of the cultural display, but we didn't realize it at the time. So it felt very much like we got a personal tour where she explained, you know, every item that was there. It was very appreciative of the time she took to explain everything. Great. Well, we'll look forward to reading uh, your future Folklorama reviews on Community News Commons. Allison, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. (laughs) Allison Stevens is a citizen reporter at Community News Commons, and you can read her Folklorama reviews as well as her other articles at cncwpg.org. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning, and we hope you're having a wonderful Sunday morning. We just want to remind everyone listening out there that if you have any opinions about what you hear on the show today, or even if you'd just like to request a song, or if you think that there's something interesting going on in the community, someone who's doing some good work or an interesting event, we would absolutely love to hear your feedback. You can give us a call anytime, 24-7, on our listener line. All you have to do is dial in and leave us a message 
Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. And if you miss that number, we'll repeat it at the end of the show. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg joins us in studio to talk about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, the citizen journalism project right here in Winnipeg. But first, we've got another song for you. Here's Ring Ring by ABBA, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. He likes to show up usually once a week and uh, tell us what's happening in Winnipeg through the lens of the Citizen Journalism Project that uh, he's the convener of. So, Noah, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. So, first off, maybe for our listeners who haven't experienced Community News Commons, give us a little breakdown of what it is and and and, and what CNC does for, for Winnipeg. Well, uh, Community News Commons is a citizen journalism project. What does also, that mean exactly? It means that there are citizens who want to tell stories, multimedia stories. So these are articles, f- uh, photographs, um, you know, shoot some video, do some audio stories, and then they want to publish them. And so it's uh, sort of like a news hub. Um, and it's uh, stories about anything and everything. And reporters who come from all walks of life. So mm-hmm. basically it's the most diverse virtual newsroom, I think, that uh, that anyone could be a part of. Yeah. And, uh, and really what it does is it allows people who uh, want to write about things and want to tell different stories and want some help to do that. And that's what I provide is uh, editorial assistance. And also I try and make their stories as good as they can be. And we put it up on the site and then we tweet it out and we put it on Facebook. And, and uh, essentially we... Um, you know, we help uh, citizens tell stories in this community, Great. things that are, that are of meaning to them. And that maybe aren't necessarily covered by the mainstream. Yes. But there is some mainstream well, news, I understand. For sure. I mean, there's and then there's mainstream media that look at uh, CNC and then they pick up stories right. and they tell those stories. Yeah. And that happens more and more often uh, these days cool. because there's more and more reporters that are uh, coming on board and uh, and are starting to learn about, the, about community news commons. We also do some training in the spring right. and the fall uh, where we... Uh, Local um, journalists in town uh, and and myself will do different trainings in terms of how to write a good story, how to do a good nice, you know, how to take a good photograph, all sorts of different things that people want to build capacity uh, with when it Very comes cool. to communicating. So, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, so we mentioned sort of things that were were being covered by the mainstream media, and I understand Folklorama is getting a pretty big uh, on CNC. You have a pretty big um, cover, pretty big. You have a pretty big group of people that are sort of covering Folklorama this year. So what are some of the stories that people are telling about Folklorama? Well, basically, uh, some of the uh, reporters from uh, Community News Commons uh, in our community here, Doug Kretschmer, Heather oh, Emberley, yeah. Ann Haw, uh, Jason Chung, Allison Stevens, they've just, uh, just this week, they've just started going out. And so their stories cool. are just starting to come in. And we there was a uh, story by Ann Haw on the Chinese Pavilion. Oh, yeah. Um, There's there some great a, photos of the Chinese Pavilion, oh, too. And that's a great thing. You know, a fellow like Doug Kretschmer, uh, who uh, has been taking photos uh, for Community News Commons for uh, a couple years now. Uh, he'll go out to the various pavilions and he'll do a, a really nice set of pictures and then he'll say to the citizen reporter, whoever's covering that at uh, that particular pavilion, hey, I've got some photos for you. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Anne's story that we published uh, just this past week on the Chinese pavilion was written by Anne, but then there were several photos, beautiful photos by Doug. And yeah. the same thing goes for the story by Allison Stevens that's on the site now, which is uh, about the Mexican pavilion. Lots of photos by Doug there. And I know that um, uh, there are more reporters that are going out to um, to cover a number of other pavilions mm-hmm. and then to do some stories about, you know, what Folklorama all, is all about and what it means to this community and, you know, what it says about Manitoba as a multicultural uh, place. And, you know, it's a it's a really amazing uh, thing, Folklorama, in, yeah. in how it reflects our community. So the citizen reporters will be telling those types of stories. That's fantastic. A great little partnership. You know, you can take, if you have skills as as a photographer or skills as a writer, you don't necessarily have to do it all. You can, exactly, you can sort of partner exactly. with people. It's great. And what happens is that you really do learn 
how to do these things. Yeah. Like you really do learn how to become a journalist. Now, you know, I'm not saying you're going to become a professional journalist, but you will certainly, uh, you know, you talk to any of the, of the um, you, well, it's actually almost over a thousand uh, people right. who have registered for the site. I mean, there's, uh, uh, there's several dozens that are telling stories, but you talk to mm. any of them and they'll, and they'll uh, tell you that they have improved uh, significantly in their storytelling abilities and in the way that they use multimedia. Absolutely. So, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. So what are some other sort of multimedia and, uh, and, and journalism, citizen journalism stories that are taking place on the site? Well, a couple of stories I really like this uh, this week. Uh, one is by Deanna Ng, who has done a number of stories for Community News Commons. And she does a little profile of an eight-year-old boy named John, uh, Donovan Jordan Johnson, uh, who suffers from a uh, rare liver disease. Oh. And um, uh, it's an interesting story in that this eight-year-old and the, and the family, they've kind of gone through this journey of, of you know, having a child that... Uh, has a rare disease, but then uh, what you realize in the story is that people in Canada who have, uh, who suffer from rare conditions, can't really access the same health care services that they need, or the, the health care services that they require. The insurance uh, doesn't cover it for Well, something. it's because it's rare. Uh, mm-hmm. The government really doesn't want to be on the hook to pay for things that are really, really expensive for a small number of people. Huh. So That what, sounds like an American story. Well, you know, like you know, I thought Canada I, would just be covered. It, it, it isn't in many respects. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, they can get they can see doctors and they can get all sorts mm-hmm. of treatment and things like that, but when it but comes to... But just the specific care. Yes, huh. exactly. So, for example... For this little boy, because he's got this liver disease, his diet is really quite different. Right. I mean, he has to be very careful what he eats. He has to be very careful. Um, he, he needs a lot of support. Uh, and that support really isn't um, there for him or his family through the regular health care uh, system. And so what, uh, what Deanna explains is that this family, as well as other families, they go online. And they do. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of Kickstarters or GoFundMe exactly. pages for just that stuff. Yeah. That's right. And so that uh, that I thought was a very interesting piece by by Deanna. Cool. The other piece I thought that our uh, listeners might be interested in is by um, Heather Emberly, also known as Gracie Sweet Story. That's her pen name, and um, she does a, a story on CommunityNewsCommons.org that is Summer in the City and her suggestions for a number of different really kind of unique things that you might want to do in the city of Winnipeg um, this summer. So, you know, this is anything from visiting all sorts of cool gardens that Mm. exist in our city to where are the best little free libraries to um, basically, um, you know, the things that you wouldn't ordinarily think about in terms of uh, summer in the city. Yeah, because major media sources usually cover the big ones. Yes, exactly. So it's nice to get a sort of under the radar Yes, and that's that's the beauty of Community News Commons is that people are from all walks of life. They're from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. They're from all different neighborhoods. Like I say, most diverse newsroom (laughs) that there is. So the diversity of story is going to be very impressive. That's great. So for our listeners, where can they go to read these stories? Well, they go to communitynewscommons.org. All one word? Uh, All one word, all lowercase. You can also, I mean, the shortened version of that is cncwpg.org. And um, you can you can sign up to become a citizen reporter if you want. You just uh, click on the button at the top right hand corner of the page that says "Become a Citizen Reporter." Uh, you you make a little profile for yourself, which takes about a minute, and then you begin to tell a story. And cool. you can talk to me. You can phone me. You can email me with regards to the story you want to tell, and we can discuss it. So I'm helping you know these citizens at every stage of the story development at the yeah. beginning, while they're writing it, and then at the end, of course, when it's time and then to at edit the end, and publish. You have a, a 
professional piece of journalism. Exactly. And so people, I mean, so people actually are building portfolios. Yeah, for sure. You know, with their work. So it's... um. It's a win-win. Fantastic. You know, a win for, for, for the community, a win for the person that's actually doing the story. Community News Commons, cncwpg.org. Check yes. it out. So we've come to the end of our time together, Noah. Every week, I like to ask you to bring us a local tune that uh, maybe our listeners haven't heard before. So what have you got for us this week? Well, uh, one of the, um, uh, the artists that is uh, becoming more and more popular in Manitoba these days um, is a young uh, singer-songwriter named Rain Hamilton. Okay. And um, uh, she's been on tour a lot. Um, and, of course, like many musicians in Manitoba this uh, summer, they play a lot of the festivals. And um, I would encourage our listeners to go out and see Rain Hamilton uh, live, in person. You can uh, catch her at uh, Shine On Festival uh, in Manitoba's uh, Sandylands Forest, which is at the end of August, August 25th to 28th. And I believe she's also at the Trout Forest uh, music festival which is in Ear Falls Ontario and that is not um, it's next weekend actually okay. uh, 12 to 14th August 12th and that's a beautiful little festival I mean if you how you far can, away is that it's five hour drive okay two hours to Kenora three hours to Ear Falls but you know what it's really worth it because yeah. they got a terrific little camping spot okay. there they've also got a, a nice stages a couple of nice stages and the best part it's a nice river there uh, I can't remember the, I, it's the river on Ear Falls I don't recall the exact body of water but you can go swimming and you can watch the oh, music while you're perfect. in the water <laughs> what's better than that <laughs> so i would uh, and the best thing is is that there's lots of manitoba musicians that get out there and rain hamilton is uh, is one of them cool. so let's uh let's feature a song by rain um she has a full-length uh debut album uh that is called past your past yeah interesting title and uh, the mm-hmm. tune that we're going to feature is called everything Right here by Rain Hamilton on 93.7 CGNU FM, River City 360. Everything that they told you was true. All the stories and the love stories too. And the nighttime is the safest of times. The nighttime brings you quiet and still. Show you. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Thank you very much for listening. And now here is the next installment in our series about Winnipeggers who, through foresight, planning, and generosity, created a lasting legacy and helped make their community a better place. Here's my co-host, Robert Zirk. Joyce Brown had lived with rheumatoid arthritis since her 20s, but it didn't stop her from fully enjoying life and giving back to the people and city she held dear. Born in 1922 in Bozeman, Manitoba, Ms. Brown was a member of the Northern Village's first graduating grade 12 class. She served overseas with the Royal Canadian Air Force Women's Division. When she returned to Winnipeg, she obtained her home economics degree at the University of Manitoba and embarked on a career as a seed analyst for the federal government. Ms. Brown supported Winnipeg's vibrant arts community and enjoyed the ballet, theater, and visual art. Even when her condition prevented her from attending a performance, she would avidly follow the reviews from critics and provide informed advice to friends and family. Ms. Brown's family remembers her for her generosity, including times when she would bake for the simple pleasure of sharing homemade scones. She supported various charitable causes throughout her lifetime, including Habitat for Humanity, Jocelyn House, and the Arthritis Society. Ms. Brown passed away in 2006. Joyce Brown had foresight. She gave to her community through an endowment fund at the Winnipeg Foundation. Through a bequest in her will, she established the Joyce Brown Memorial Fund at the Winnipeg Foundation. Her fund will support the wide range of causes important to her for generations to come. Since gifts to the Foundation are endowed, they continue to support our community for good forever. Over time, the grants it generates will surpass the value of the original gift, multiplying the positive impact in our community. When you give to the Winnipeg Foundation, you're joining Ms. Brown and thousands of others with the foresight to support our community for good forever. Thanks, Robert. We've got time for one last song before we leave you this morning to get on with your Sunday. Uh, so here's Do You Want to Dance by Cliff Richard and the Shadows right here on River City 360. Well, do you want to dance and hold my hand? Squeeze me, baby, I'm your man. Hug me all through the night, oh baby. Do you wanna dance? Do you do you do you, do you wanna dance? Do you do you do you, do you wanna dance? Do you do you do you, do you wanna
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thanks to all of our guests for talking to us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online. Our web address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CGNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to know what you thought of this week's show. Please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. We'd love to hear your feedback, and our listener line is open 24-7. So again, leave us a message. That number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at RiverCity360 on Twitter, and search RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday.